It's another RIP moment for Apple. Today we have news, and we're not really surprised about this because it's been talked about. I think maybe even maybe even just a couple episodes ago, we were checking this product on the website and wondering, oh, yeah, okay, they're still doing it. They're still shipping it uh-huh. because there was some curiosity around the future of it. That product happens to be the... HomePod. This was the premium smart speaker offering. This is uh, when we were talking about Assistant versus Siri. Mm. And Apple's play in the smart speaker territory and how it hadn't really taken off like some of their other product segments. So the original HomePod actually came out a little while ago and then it didn't really get updated. We were also talking about products to purchase from Apple and other ones that were waiting for an update. Well, this is one of those that was waiting a really long time for an update. So long, in fact, that the speculation around his departure has been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Turns out it's hard to make a, sp- a smart speaker. And actually, in Apple's case, it seems like when they get into speakers in general, because they they also had uh, iPod-specific speakers. I remember the Hi-Fi, yep. which is actually a pretty nice speaker. They... Get into speakers, get out of speakers. This one sort of felt like it could hang around only because of the insistence on figuring out an assistant, figuring out voice. Mm-hmm. You would think, okay, you have a couple different products in the, in the uh, couple different products you can purchase that have these features in there that you can start to improve upon and become a part of, part of people's lives. But even Google, actually, as far as the big speaker was concerned, I believe they got out of it, too. The Google Mac. You know what maybe the problem is? Maybe the problem is these companies are so efficient from the standpoint of uh, distribution and shipping and assembly line that these larger speakers, they're like, oh, look at these things taking up all this space over here. We only sell 12,000 of them. We're used to selling hundreds of thousands, millions of things. Yeah. The demand might not be high enough to justify the lack of efficiency around those products. Because if you look at this particular announcement as far as killing the HomePod, they say, no, nah, we're just going to focus on the HomePod mini. We're not going to get out of voice or uh, smart speakers. We're just going to focus on the mini version. Yeah. So that, that makes me wonder about the efficiency from the, from the production standpoint from the shipping standpoint, mm. from the warehousing standpoint, but also from the standpoint of does the average person really want a large speaker? Mm-hmm. Does the average person, does their the space that they're living in uh, constitute a massive amount of sound? And it might be the unfortunate reality that that's just not the case for most individuals and they're, not, and they're gravitating towards more portable or, or at least smaller units. Also, I'll just add to that, it's been kind of amazing to see what companies have been able to achieve through variety of software and sensors and microphones for how to make smaller speakers perform better in a variety of environments to sound like bigger speakers. And yeah. then on top of that, the ability to pair them together, mm-hmm. multiple small speakers if you do need more sound. Uh, I'd say it's a little bit unfortunate only because I'm kind of an audio person. I don't have a problem with big speakers. Yeah. I don't. But I te- would you get the, like a HomePod or would you get like a dedicated speaker? Yeah. In most cases for me, I'm not gravitating towards the smart speakers because there's something better out there. Right. And then uh, we've just had it around the studio. We've just had access to it. 
there's many examples that have been featured on the channel. I mean, I don't need to tell you. Most recently, those enormous Porsche design speakers. I mean, I don't need to tell you, Will. Yeah. We had a lot of sound in this place over the years. So we're not the typical customer from that standpoint. Because one of the things about sound is once you've heard big sound, it, it to go to like a mini little speaker, you can obviously tell the difference. And uh, And then just at home, I haven't fully adopted the listening all the time whether it's alexa or google or apple or anybody mm -hmm. i haven't i haven't adopted it you know what i mean i i have at different times had these speakers lying about and i have at different times utilized them more or less hmm. but often i end up just kind of like my relationship with smartwatches, where i'll just be like man i could do so much of this just by reaching for my phone Mm -hmm. Do I really need all these other dedicated devices to uh, replace your phone? Because that's essentially what they kind of end up doing in many cases, whether you're searching for something, reordering something, putting a particular song on. Now, I'm about to move really soon. I don't know. Maybe then I'm more interested in voice because I just wired this one up a little different. Yeah. But, it, but you can have all the features. You can have all the gadgets in the world, Will, and then... And this, this speaks to the power of the smartphone. You can have all the gadgets in the world and still finding yourself with the habit of just reaching for the phone to do the task. Yeah. Because you're just like... It's been uh, so efficient. So, and, and it's so ingrained in your brain yeah. that, that if you have an answer, you have a, you're a, a question that you're asking, you reach for the phone rather than some other means to achieve the thing. Anyway, so it's RIP to the big home pod. Uh, it's RIP to the best sounding Apple device that's out there. And I guess one benefit here is that by them investing more in the mini, maybe, um, you know, maybe they're, you're going to see some improvements in, a, in the sound performance. I don't know what they're going to be capable of doing, but I've looked at companies obviously like DVLA that have been able to pull an enormous amount of sound out of a small unit through a use of non-traditional materials like uh, metallic components, and uh, high pressure mm. situations that they're able to create in small packages. Now they're still bigger than the HomePod Mini, but it's an example of how you can do more with less. They they came out with that small speaker you were using for a little bit. Yeah, I don't remember what the name of the small one is. I'm mostly using the larger one. The small one was the. Uh, wait a sec, they don't list it anymore. Um, the Phantom Reactor. It was called the Reactor. reactor yeah, but but they don't list it anymore. Or is it part? Is it underneath? Oh, click view all maybe. Oh, wow. Did they get rid of the reactor? Oh, there it is. There's no small Phantom 2. They changed the name of it maybe. Is that the size? Dude, I don't know, man. This is tough. Uh, tough. Oh, look at those black. They got them That's in. That's a new color, right? That's a new color for the full size. The matte black on the full size. Well, we got now we're all excited and interested, and now we're like, wait a, a second, what's going cool on one. over here? Because we kind of need those over there. <laughs> yeah, do we though? No, I mean we don't. We got the other ones in the background. They sound fantastic, but I want to get to the bottom of this. I didn't realize that they had upgraded such a thing. Meet Phantom Two. Like this just happened. Somehow we missed this announcement. Nobody told us. It says soon, 95 dB black Phantom 2. But it's a cheaper unit. Look, 990 euros. Ultra compact wireless speaker. So Phantom 2 must be reactor status as far as scale. So hard to tell the scale. 
without seeing it next to something because yeah that okay that's the reactor that's and it comes in black now too that's pretty tiny that thing but it's certainly not home pod mini tiny no but i'm just saying if i'm apple they can figure out how to do it right mm -hmm. so you, this is one of those circumstances as well where you had a device that people actually liked there were a lot of positive things said about the original home pod outside of the voice assistant just as a speaker as a smart speaker and that's not enough to keep it around as you can see here r.i.p to the home pod today's sponsor another audio related sponsor raycon raycon wireless earbuds in fact whether you're catching up on your favorite news podcast oh i don't know could be lou later i don't know it's up to you binging an audiobook or powering through your workout with a pumped up playlist what's on your pumped up playlist well uh i listen to drake from time to time drake if you got to get going if you yeah. got to get yourself fired up uh -huh. all right yeah. uh a pair of raycons in your ears can make all the difference no dangling wires we are of course talking about some true wireless earbuds as they like to call them so these are uh uh, these are um, whether you want to get like an over-the-ear style or an in-ear style. There's actually a couple different versions of the in-ear models. The everyday earbuds you can see listed $79.99. Obviously, a fraction of the cost of some of the uh, some of the other brands you might be familiar with. The Performer earbuds is a little slight upgrade at $119.99, and then they have a trendsetter headphone, which is an over-ear style at $99.99. whole concept here is to get people into a true wireless setup for less money, as I mentioned, from some of those brands you may have seen in the past and heard about. Raycons are built to perform anywhere and anytime with water and sweat-resistant construction and Bluetooth that pairs quickly and seamlessly enough battery life for six hours of playtime. And uh, they're accessible to everyone. Wireless earbuds starting at half the price of other premium audio brands. So you can see the price right now starting at 79 but because they're sponsoring the show and they want to talk to you guys directly, there's another deal on top of that. Raycon's offering 15% off all of their products to you guys. Here's what you got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash later. That's it. You'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. Feel free to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash later. Buyraycon.com slash later, or click the link in the description in order to get 15% off your entire order thanks to Raycon. Yesterday, was it? Maybe two days ago? No, yesterday. We were talking about black phones. Jet black. Real black. Smartphones. Phantom black. Phantom black. Dare I say. You got black shirt on today, Will. Yeah. A black t-shirt. Oh, because it's the weather has been getting nicer. You started thinking about t-shirts. I'm trying to reflect that. Even though today clothing. it got cold again. I know, yeah. It's kind of funny how that works. It's the reverse. But. but yesterday was definitely, it was getting warmer. And I started thinking about the wardrobe as well. Uh-huh. Started thinking about what am I going to do here? When do shorts come in? I don't know. For me, because you know I'm always hot, like they probably come out pretty soon. Yeah. You know, I actually just ordered a new pair of slides, Adidas slides. Oh, Okay. And uh, I'm actually wearing the Adidas hat to celebrate the fact that I did this thing. Okay. Because I have been wanting to order these for a really long time, but somehow I didn't. Oh, you don't have these? I thought no, no, no. I have, I have, I have many of those that you're looking at there. But it's actually the one that I purchased is the Ultra Boost slide. Oh, so it's boost, boost, it's boost in the slide. 
which I'm not telling anybody to get this. It's, 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 uh, I mean, unless you find it on sale because it's kind of a ridiculous amount of money to pay for a slide, but check the boost in the slide. Now I didn't get the, I got the all black, but right. you get to boost in the slide. Wow. Now, one thing I will say, I did a little bit of research prior to, to ordering this, uh, like a lot of boost products, it fits small. So oh. I actually sized up to, uh, well, I don't know if sized up because in, in, in Ultra Boost, it's not even really a size up for me. Let's put it this way. I'm either 11 or 12. I got 12 in this to be safe, okay. which you might think in a slide, you're insane uh-huh. because you might think it's going to fall off, but it's a tighter fitting slide. So it should be okay. We're going to find out okay. today. This okay. is coming today. I don't know. I might hit you back on the uh, next episode right. of this. I'll let you know how it goes. But $60 for a slide is a bit ridiculous. Uh However, uh, I was watching a couple of videos. I watched uh, Seth Fowler on YouTube, and, yeah. and he was saying that he found he got his on a sale for thirty bucks. Oh. But you can see, like that one is sold out on Adidas.com. So they like, look nice. People want these things anyway. What a yeah. sidetrack. Anyways, how did I even get there from black from a black phone? Oh, because My of the weather shirt. and the wardrobe yeah. and your T-shirt. Yeah. It's your fault, not mine. Black phones. For whatever reason, it's the hot topic right now. Is because it actually turns out it's hard to do like a deep black color phone or consumer electronics product that doesn't end up looking like trash shortly after you purchased it. Uh-huh. And the reason being is because it's showing all the micro scratches and things. And I had totally forgot that on an iPhone 7, they had a jet black model. And then they got out of it real quick. They're like, yep, jet black. And then they're like, now nah, we're out. Really? You don't remember this, do you? Was it matte? It was short-lived. No, no, jet black right over there. You can oh, see this the... One. Nope, that's the matte one. Uh, go back up to the top. Right there, refurbished. Uh, iPhone 7 jet black, 256 used, 184.82. You see the jet black finish? It was glossy. Oh. I know. It's forgotten. No, what? Nobody talks about it. Everybody forgets this one. It was a jet oh. black glossy finish that showed every tiny little scratch. Now, some people, they didn't care. They said, I want the jet black phone. Leave me alone. I'll deal with the scratches. Hmm. It was kind of like, you remember those early iPods with the chrome finish? Yeah. It got so many scratches, but it also kind so great right when you when you peeled it off when you pulled it out the package it was a moment that you had Uh but i mean that's the thing about glossy anything when you pull it out the package it looks fantastic for about five seconds uh anyway it was a discussion around the iphone 7 jet black versus matte black people were talking at that time and uh, but but the jet black was the one that was getting a lot of attention from people like us and it's crazy how long ago that feels right now Mm. anyway it turns out that apple is actively working and thinking about black just like the other brands are as you would imagine and we had this post uh came out on friday that apple apparently prototyped a jet black iphone 10 so that's a lot more recently than the iphone 7 and i guess they decided to put it to bed but it showcases the fact that they're still playing around the idea and trying to figure out what the right finish might be so this tweet came via mr white on Twitter, and he, uh, the caption, they have tried iPhone 10 jet black before. And this is a, I guess, is it just a shell or is it a dummy phone? Hard to say exactly, but there's, I mean, there's no logo on it. So it's either a prototype or a dummy that was mocked up. But you can see the difference between what was offered up as the darkest 
iPhone 10 at the time next to the Jet Black. I mean, it's a whole nother level to it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty black. There you go. That's, well, I know you're a big guy good. as far as as far as the darkness of a paint as well. Yeah. It's really interesting. Isn't it? it's hard? Black, it's hard to get black, black black. Yeah. In fact, you were angry about the back wall just a moment ago. You're like, oh, how black yeah, is yeah. that black? And I'm like, I'm like, dude, it's as black as it gets. And we we got all kinds of comments actually on the show over here that's saying, and this is a little sidetrack, but they're saying, hey, on my OLED screen, Lou, the backdrop unbelievable it just drops right out and then you want to know the, the other thing savings yeah for anybody who's complaining about the show cool. the the set it's actually a technical aspect to it which is that you are saving tremendous battery life now if you have an oled display those pixels are turned off ladies and gentlemen yeah when you're watching the long show yeah also if you're watching in the evening as you might be Maybe you got a partner next to you as you're trying to catch, you know, right. They're trying to get some sleep. It's Easier an early morning. Eyes. And, but you got the phone on the, on the lowest bri uh, brightness. But if you have white in there, it's still too bright. Yeah. But we got the black backdrop for you. You see how we thought about this for you. We take care of you over here. Yeah. And see what we, happens. We thought about you. Yeah. What happens with the t-shirt is the opposite. Cause every time you wash it, it, it gets more white. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is what you're experiencing right now. Yeah, I'm having difficulties. I experience it all the time. So it turns out what I'm trying to get at here, black is hard, but it's really, it's got a real punch to it when you nail it and you're yes. able to achieve it and do it well. So hopefully Apple uh, uses some of this prototyping and experience to figure out how to do their very own on the next version so you get a true black option from the company. Uh, last Apple-related story of the day, Toyota president had a few words, had a few words for Tim as far as making cars. And okay. uh, I, I don't know, I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not surprised to hear it. It is a consideration. It is something different. There's a lot of talk where, you know, even people like us would be like, yeah, Apple, go do the car. What are you doing? Go yeah, do the easy, car. Right? Make a car already. And you forget some of the differences, or at least it's, 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 it's under-publicized, some of the differences between the automotive segment and the smartphone consumer electronics segment. You drop your phone, eh, sucks. Bad day. It's a bad day, but you move on. What do you do? I don't know. You get the screen replaced. It's cracked. Oh. Actually, I got to say, you know I got the later case going on? You do. And and I'm just going to say something right now. I'm just going to say something right now. This case does not exist as the ultimate in phone protection. That's not the point of it. No? No. Okay. The case exists to be the slimmest thing that you can put on your phone. Uh-huh. Right? That's I've made that statement many times. If you're looking for ultimate drop protection, this ain't it. But I'll just say, I'm testing out a... New color, by the way. Okay. And today, I dropped the phone, and I rarely drop the phone. I dropped the phone on the tile in the bathroom from mm -hmm. about waist height. And it survived. It came, it came down, and there's just en enough, just enough material on that corner which stops the glass from making a direct impact. It's just absorbed just enough. Hmm. So maybe it has more drop protection than I had imagined. And maybe I need to actually drop test the thing to see what it's, what it's capable of. 
because it truly surprised me that that little tiny bit of Kevlar was capable of, in that exact circumstance, the way it fell and all the rest of it. So this was an unintended shout out, but a lot of people doing hard work over on the later case team. And Willie do want to give a shout out to his own colorway. Yeah, that's the uh, Willie do blue, also known as Willie blue. And somebody just bought one. You see it in the corner. Oh, yeah. yeah. Somebody just bought shout one. Shout out. You understand? They love it. Uh, anyway. What, what are we talking about? Well, what we're saying is if you drop the phone, even if it goes catastrophically wrong, it ain't the equivalent of dropping your car. It ain't the equivalent, Will, of what happens if your car goes faulty, let's say. This is life and death, for real. Mm -hmm. It's a different level to it. And what did Tesla figure out whenever there was an issue with one of their vehicles? Because it was Tesla, all of a sudden it was huge headlines. Apple doesn't have to deal with those type of headlines. I mean, every so often a phone explodes in a pocket or something, but it's small time compared to if somebody loses their life. If somebody was on that highway in Apple's autonomous car and it didn't do something right, now it's a whole different level of regulation and scrutiny and headlines and all the rest. It's just cars, man. Cars, recalls, safety belts, airbags, yeah. a safety testing, highway safety, highway insurance act variety of things. Yeah. So, so Toyota guy comes out and says, Apple is cool what you're up to. Come step in the game. Lovely stuff. Cars are cool. He says, but just realize it's a 40-year situation. Just realize that you're going to be supporting this stuff for a long period of time. He says, Apple should be prepared to offer support for Apple car models for 40 years. What? It makes you realize how long the car business has been going on and the smartphone business is fresh. It would be the equivalent of Apple offering support to, I don't know, an, an Apple II or something. Like it's it's mm -hmm. out, out of control. The now obviously people are holding on to cars not quite as long as they used to. People are refreshing those things rel like relatively quickly, but you're still holding on to it longer than than your smartphone in most cases. You will see twenty year old cars on the road. It mm -hmm. does exist. Mm -hmm. Imagine a person using a 20-year-old phone. What even is that phone? That brings you to 2000. What do you have? I don't know. It's, it's not a smartphone. Uh, it's like a... It's like... Is it a smartphone? No. It's like one of those Nokia-type things, right? Yeah. It's the 3310. <laughs> I had it. Really? Yeah, oh, man, yeah. I had it. It debuted in uh, 2000. I had it. Now, if somebody was driving a 20-year-old car, you you might look at it and be like, well, you know, A to B gets you there. But if you saw right. a person that's using the Nokia 3310, you'd be you would be in shock. Well, I'm sure some people are using it. That thing was a tank. You know it. Yeah. People anyway. Use it as a weapon. So Toyota president, he, he was just doing an interview. He wasn't trying to take any shots. He just says, uh, you know, consider this that the automotive is, is a little bit different than the smartphone or consumer electronics game. Be prepared right. for everything that comes with it. Paying attention, providing support, pushing the recalls. I'm not saying Apple can't do it. I'm just saying something to consider. Mm -hmm. Another quick automotive story. We have Hyundai who keeps showing me these cool shapes. They keep showing me cool shapes. And they did it again. This product called 
the Staria, is what The Verge calls the coolest looking minivan in years. Now, the minivan, never really known for being the coolest looking thing. However, tremendous utility on these vehicles as far as moving people around. Huge gas tank. Myself, I spoke recently about the trip across the country with my when I was a young young man with the family. Uh -huh. Shout out the family for doing such a thing. This was one of these vehicles that made it possible. Yeah. Uh, what we did, in fact, I believe we rented it at the time. I don't think we had one. I think we rented it. But what we did was we took the seats out. We took the, was it the middle row seats or the final row seats? I don't remember, but we took the seats out. So we could actually have like a picnic area in there as well for eating, pulling over on the side. Because it was just myself, my brother, my parents. We had enough okay. uh, seating. Right. That we could remove a bunch of it and then just have like a big cabin. Yeah. You could play a board game on the floor. Uh-huh. Unbelievable There's times. Lots of space. I mean, different era, unbelievable times. These are the things you could do. And anyway, so the, the popularity of the minivan sort of faded and people gravitate towards the SUVs and things like this. But there's still plenty of ways in which the minivan is superior to the SUV. Many ways. The giant sliding door, sometimes automatic if you want it. The amount of load space on the... On the I mean, it's a van. Yeah, it is. It's tremendous. You seem really uh, excited. Look, if they can figure out how to make one of these things look cool, then I think they can find a customer base for it. Okay. Especially now that the road trip and the different forms of entertainment that people are looking towards. So this is Hyundai's take on it. And they got, uh, again, what The Verge is calling retro futuristic. And I think they've nailed this idea of retro futuristic on a number of their designs that we've been showcasing in the past. You can scroll down and uh, and go through a slideshow. It's all very mysterious because, well, the product isn't out yet, and they're trying to, well, just tease it a little bit. This guy looks huge. Well, it's Compared just, I mean, he's just in the four, he's in the foreground. But they have a similar light bar in the front to what you've seen on some other electric vehicles. Here's the silhouette from the side. It, I'm telling you, it's going to be a lot of cargo in there. It's going to be, I'll tell you what, Will Otis will let to ride around in such a thing. Yeah. I like the fact that it's streamlined. Like it's it's right angles. It's very it's actually probably fairly aerodynamic. Yeah, yeah, the 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 shape of it. Store boxes in the back. Huge windows as well, which you know when you're sitting inside the cabin mm -hmm. makes it feel very spacious. When you have windows, I mean the whole side of the car is windows. What was that the fender is very like flat? Subtle. Too? Yeah. Very subtle. Cool. I don't know, man. I mean, the interior, obviously. Look at the look at the second row of seats. The next click. Come on, dude. Oh, come on, dude. Nice. Come on, rest? dude. I mean, you go on a trip on something like that. I didn't have that. I wasn't going across the country like that. But now you can. That's the beauty of it. Fully extending, uh, relaxing seats with the leg rests and everything else. They're doing stuff over there. Mm -hmm. This company is doing stuff. They're showing off. Comfortable interiors, retro futuristic designs, all electric platform. Very interesting. Cool. Foxconn executive has purchased a $2 million home in Wisconsin. Have not given an update on this store in a really long time. There was some sort of tax incentive 
government relationship negotiations around Foxconn bringing some level of manufacturing, potentially assembly, to the United States, particularly in Wisconsin. They say they were going to originally, I think the mandate was to bring around, oh, here it is, 13,000 jobs to a place called Mount Pleasant, Wisconsin. Hmm. And it never really took off. In fact, it was so slow moving that the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation denied tax credits for the company because it hadn't fulfilled the minimum job creation requirements. And so you may have thought at that point, all right, the whole thing is not going to happen. It's not going to take off. This is a mess. Uh, it's not going to work out. But then you catch a piece of news like this that a major Foxconn executive moves into town. I think you can probably get a decent place for $2 million in Mount Pleasant. I'm just guessing. So moves in along with his wife. And he has a high title. His title... What was the title? His uh, the director of U.S. strategic initiatives wow. moves in there. Well, he would be the first one because he's a initiative. Got to get in there, you know. Yeah. So he buys a place for himself, two point one eight million, and maybe this begins to turn things around. Maybe they start to take it serious. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, we see some some of these products with a little Wisconsin touch. I don't know, man. It ain't there yet, but no. this is one signal in that direction. Uh, OnePlus, we have confirmation now because of a tweet from OnePlus that their event on March 23rd will officially officially feature a smartwatch or at least something you wear on your wrist. Uh, this was rumored. It's not a surprise. They were supposed to put out the three phones and the smartwatch, and now this tweet comes out, which is very teasy, but shows all the components necessary for a wearable for a watch. And I clicked the same thing you clicked a number of times, uh. and it wrecked me to the point where I should have warned you. What you have to do is just click the tweet instead of the link. The, like, yeah, up top. Or go to OnePlus's Twitter but then account. then I have to look for it. Right? No, no, I meant click on the tweet, not the, not like, yeah, exactly. There oh, you go. Oh, there's no, uh, the hand... Pointer. Yeah, you just quick click on the big portion of the, of the tweet. Anyway, so it's a little slideshow, I guess. Well, it's actually a video upload, but it's essentially a slideshow showing what is definitely a wearable because you're seeing the shapes that would be required to make a wearable, including that one, which is a wrist strap, and that one, which shows the holes, the uh, punch holes in the wrist strap that obviously go to a watch. And so we're going to have a OnePlus smartwatch. I think it makes sense. I start to look at this stuff and realize, wow, you don't they don't have one yet. Yeah, why not do one? I mean, yeah. they're so connected over there mm -hmm. as far as uh, the sister brand Oppo is concerned. We've seen their smartwatches. So it's like, oh, yeah, what would OnePlus's take on such a thing be? We know they can do the hardware, at least tap into the hardware. And I always love what they do with the software as far as keeping it streamlined and not bloating it up. Yep. A real question here is uh, is around the software for me. Are we getting Android Wear? What's that going to look like? But we have confirmation. You're going to see a OnePlus smartwatch. Cool. Oh, Oculus news. I saw a report, I think it was yesterday, day before, saying that Facebook was shifting a large portion of the workforce into VR and AR related stuff, taking taking a big a big long look and uh, 
putting a big bet down, I guess, on the Oculus aspect of their business. Now, we have a, apparently a, an actual number, nearly 10,000 people at Facebook working on AR and VR. 10,000. I just want you to picture 10,000 people working on AR and VR. 10,000 intelligent people. 10,000 engineers and uh, programmers and... Testers. It's a lot. That's a that's an, that's a that's some manpower. Yeah. That's some we might see some things. Mm -hmm. I was playing around with the Oculus last night. Oh yeah? What'd you think? I was playing around with the Oculus Go 2. Oculus Quest. Quest 2, Quest 2. The wireless. What, what was the Go? What was the Go? Uh it's almost the same thing. Oh. Uh, anyway, I was playing with the Quest. Let me just check here. Was Go cheaper? It was cheaper. Oh, yeah. Go was the cheaper one. No, no, no. I was playing with the the, the Quest, Quest 2. Better better than the Go. Yeah. Cuz I had the two the the controllers, the uh motion controllers. Yep. And all of a sudden, man, my kids got into it. Yeah. Like I got scared. I got scared, man. Cuz yeah, you were living? Cuz the level no, world? I just the level of immersion. Yeah. With the with like you said, without wires, uh huh, and without with everything being embedded in in the headset and having a relatively lightweight headset experience. Yep. You kind of just draw your room. And so what we space. did is the kids were in it, I was in it, and also my dad. We put him in it. Oh. What did he think? He was like, I can't. He was like, I can't, I can't put it down. No, 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 no. He was like, I can't be oh, in there too long. He's like, I'm gonna fall over. He can't be in there oh, too yeah. long. But there's but he, some fun games. But, like the but he loved it though. Game. He loved it though. Yeah. Uh, but the kids, I was like, oh man, I better monitor what's going on here because all of a sudden I didn't see Will for a while, and then he's just in the he's just in the headset for yeah. hours on end. And then guess what? Then he forgets his boundary and he's doing some kind of punching game. And he punches square the wall, blood everywhere on the on the knuckles. <laughs> yeah, that happens. And I was like, "Do not." Happens to the best of. I was like, "Do not show your mother this. What's going on over here?" <laughs> anyway, no, man. It's it's for the money. The entertainment potential for the money is yeah. out of control. Yeah, it's out of control on that device. Two ninety nine USD. Get out of town. Yeah, you can't go wrong with it. By the way, I'll tell you one other thing. I think since you set it up, they were buying games on your credit card. Yeah, I got some. Uh, <laughs> I got some receipts over here that I need to <laughs> reimburse. And I couldn't figure out how to how to put another card on it. But anyway, sure. Nonetheless, or, we'll yeah, whether or not you choose to believe me, well, it was like. He's like, I'm buying it, Dad. I'm buying it. I gotta get Beat Saber and this one and that yeah. one. Anyway, point being is, uh, they have an experience. They have a pretty good experience already for the money, and Facebook's a huge company, and they're betting on it, and they put ten thousand people on it. And I'm curious to see what all those ten thousand people are going to get up to. There's a scary aspect to it, which is like, are you gonna be able to get out of it? Yeah. Are, are you gonna be able to put the headset down once it's all got all your social media components and gaming components, uh, entertainment component. It's, uh, but then on the, on the flip side, so long as you have some level of discipline in your life, it can, can really uh, give you a punch. Until it gets so, so much better. Yeah. That, it's, that you just, you, you're stuck. Yeah. 
speaking of getting stuck as far as gaming is concerned, you can now play Zelda Breath of the Wild in a first-person point-of-view mode. Oh. I never expected to see the day. It's a glitch. It's not officially supported, but it got me thinking. This was one of those games I played. I told you it's a real atmospheric thing. Now, I at no point thought, oh, I don't. I wish wish this was first person. It almost feels weird for a Zelda game to be first person, but it is interesting to catch a look at what that might be like. So if you click the play button right here, you'll see. Uh, it's uh, you go. He goes into the menu. Does he go into the menu? Yeah, okay, he goes into the menu here, and somehow, I don't know how he's triggering the glitch. Activating a glitch isn't all that complicated. No modifications to the game or system are required. As you can see above, all you need to do is pull out the in-game camera while holding an item and then canceling it. After that, your camera is set to first person. You'll be able to see Link's shadow up close and walk about. So I, I can't believe that this glitch, being as simple as it was, never happened to me accidentally or was ever showcased but anyway here you have it this is what it would look like what do you think happens to the game will from an immersion standpoint or from like a an experience standpoint to to go to first person rather than third It'd probably be more immersive mm -hmm. right but does it does it spoil anything for you to not see the costume or to not see the oh. weapons on the back well, I'm sure it's not meant to be played this way. No, no, definitely um, not. I'm curious if he pulls out the bow or a knife or like a sword or something, how it would look. Because mm -hmm. it's probably not modeled in this. No, 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 no. I guess but, what I, I guess my question is more hypothetical. <laughs> I'm just like diving into the the technical. Side just, just whether or not you think a Zelda game could be cooler, in fact, um, in first person as opposed to third. You know, that's a good question. It's always been. Uh, you can always see the character. Possibly a, a Zelda game in VR. Yeah. I mean, I'm just talking right I now. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I'm just talking. Uh, here we have some videos of illegal Bitcoin mines that are apparently causing power blackouts. Now, this is in a place, Ab Abkhazia, tiny disputed Black Sea territory has hundreds of illegal Bitcoin mining facilities hidden in basements, villages, and shipping containers. Whoa. Officials in the tiny disputed Black Sea territory of Abkhazia are determined to show their crackdown on rampant mom-and-pop Bitcoin mining operations. <laughs> Bitcoin mining has become big business, yeah, obviously, but it's it's wrecking their grid, apparently, over there. Well, I suppose it has the potential to wreck many. It all depends on what, what, what type of setup that the place happens to have, whether there's an abundance of energy or not. And that varies quite substantially from place to place. Bitcoin mining has become big business in the impoverished area. The digital farms are consuming so much power, they've been blamed for rolling blackouts. And now, the region is estimated to have more than one Crypto mining facility for every 400 residents. Hmm. <laughs> how big? Are, how there. big is each? How big is each facility? The Ministry of Internal Affairs announced in two YouTube videos this week it has raided a series of Bitcoin mining operations that were illegally connected to the power grid. Oh, oh okay. stealing power! Right. Yikes. 
In one of the videos, a narrator announces that officials there had identified a large cryptocurrency mining facility in the village and several that were illegally connected to the power grid. They have taken down eight mining operations in recent weeks. Actually, if you go down to the next, the second video that's linked, I guess you went past it. Yeah, there you go. You can see one of them in action. This is a minute long clip. Wow, look at how, wow, in the basement with the stone floor and the metal gate. That's crypto mining for you. Wow, in the old building like that. That is so... What a future, Will. Holy cow. One down house. Yeah, like the house is barely standing, but it is loaded with crypto mining hardware. And I don't know if this one in particular, it looks mostly like ASICs, by the way, but I don't know if this one in particular is the illegal one. I presume it is connected illegally to the power grid. Whoa. The citizens are like, I can't even take a, I can't even have a, I can't even watch TV with the uh, blackouts. I can't even charge my phone. Yeah. Can't even have a hot shower. A shower is probably gas operated. Anyway, so this is the type of thing going on around the world. People are talking about it, energy consumption. Obviously, it depends on where you are. Like I said, some places have abundant energy. It's not such a big deal elsewhere. Mm. It can be. I don't know if you've ever uh, met this particular culture on YouTube or not, Will, but I did probably because of the kids. Uh, they started getting an interest in the Nerf weapons. Nerf, are they not weapons? Nerf toys, really. Mm. Uh, I don't know. Wait a sec. Are they? What are you supposed to call them? They're they they're launchers, blasters. That's what they call them, blasters. You see, because you can't get too violent with it. Sure. Anyway. Uh, it brought me into this culture, and then I saw this Verge post, and I'm like, oh, I'm not the only one that was kind of interested in it. It's a, an entire modding culture, DIY nerf modding culture, mm. where these guys are doing incredible things with these blasters. Yeah. Have you ever encountered it before? Uh, no, this is a rabbit hole I uh You haven't been down it? it it's, I'm talking r replacing... Uh, motors replacing battery systems to either increase rate of fire to either um, increase velocity in some cases and also just for looks they can make these in incredible video game looking things okay you can you can scroll down to one of the latest mods from uh, I guess the feature interview from the from the this particular article. This one? I, out of darts. Here's a nerf mod, which takes a rival weapon. And you're going to think it looks fairly finished. But in the video, this guy's channel, by the way, out of darts. In the video, he's not even really satisfied with it. He's like, well, if I had my 3D printer, I would have done this more custom or that. This blaster here, Will, is not supposed to have these tubes on the side. Right. He increased the the number of uh, the amount of ammo it can hold by a substantial amount. Normally it would just be housed in the chamber of the, of the blaster. It's a nerf rival Zeus. And this mod gives it 108 balls, mm. which you'll see him fire in a second. Now he talks about, okay, I don't know how stable it's going to be or how long this fan unit's going to run for. I maybe I'll burn it out. I don't know, but he's like the fan units only cost this much. So I don't really care. And you'll see when he goes to fire here, this guy, I mean, there's no reloading necessary. He's got plenty of ammo for whatever battle he may encounter. Boom, boom, boom. Look at that, how they move through, get pushed through the tubes. Oh, cool. 
Anyway, this is just one guy. I've encountered very many uh, as I've looked into it. And in some cases, they can get these things into some pretty tremendous uh, rate of fire and pretty tremendous velocity up to like, I don't know, 100, 100, 150 feet per second type of thing. I see. Yeah, that's cool. And some of them, what they'll do, Will, is they'll do these really elaborate artistic paint jobs as well to look the, make them look like old, like you discovered some old military weapon, kind of like Gears of War type oh. of thing. They'll do some amazing techniques from, a, from an art perspective as well. So it's a whole scene, and people are starting to figure it out or uh, what can you say? Yeah, pay attention to it, pull in a few million views and things like this. Well, mm. just another... Just another YouTube rabbit hole for you. Sure. Oh, look at this one. This is something called a ghost bird. I I bet you never saw this one before. A ghost bird that spooks a woman when she spots the rare creature sitting on a fence post soaking up the sun. Ooh. (laughs) I've never seen this. I never saw that bird before in my life. It does look like a ghost. It has a huge mouth. The terrifying mouth. Huge head. Rare or bird. A rare great potu bird. Potu or putu bird? Potu bird. Was spotted by a woman who initially mistook it for wood. It, yeah. He it kind of looks like look it like kind of looks like a piece of wood standing on a piece of colors. wood. This bird was perched on a fence post in Chibolo, Colombia. She and a child made noises at the bird, and then it revealed its enormous mouth. Mm. Isn't that interesting? You can live a whole life, or, I mean, I haven't lived a whole life, but you can live 35 years, and you never saw this bird. No. I saw all types of animals. I never saw this bird before, and it's, it actually it turns out it's relatively terrifying, in fact. Unusually shaped, beak, bizarre-looking creature. It's nocturnal. But for some reason, in this case, it enjoyed the bright sunshine. Maybe it's got an issue. I don't know. Maybe it's not feeling so well. Maybe it's got a tummy ache. I don't know why it's out in the sunlight. But the fact that it's nocturnal, I guess, helps to explain the reason it's not so popular, not as popular as Mm. some other birds that are out there. But I guess the owl is nocturnal as well. The owl gets all types of press. Well, the owl doesn't look like this. No, the owl is a little cuter than that. Yeah. Owls are... But owls, you ever watch an owl do oh, some hunting fearsome. at night? Oh, yeah. An owl figured some things out. Yeah. Oh, I'm about to blow your mind on the next one, Will. Woman in China went to doctor about a hurt ankle only to be told she was born a man. Whoa. See, you were unprepared for that. You go what to the doctor, headline. you got a sore ankle. They're like, excuse me, miss, you're actually a man. Yeah. Uh, I guess there was some sort of, at birth, she was switched. She was uh, both, and they had to pick one or the other sex. And and they so they go with female, but then she couldn't get pregnant, and she thought that was an issue. She had uh, tried to get pregnant for 12 months and wasn't happening. I mean, she didn't have certain components like a uterus and things like this, but just had been, but, but who would know? You wouldn't know. The external genitalia was female. So you wouldn't know. I got no uterus in there. Well, you would know because you didn't have the menstrual cycle. You would know that. But some other people, uh, she says she didn't look into that because it was embarrassing. But like some people have issues with that exclusively or 
not not necessarily alongside uh, having been born the alternate sex. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm trying to get at here? Oh, this is a a 25 year old woman turn of events. A 25 year old woman in eastern China who fa failed to fall pregnant after 12 months was shocked to discover she was actually born male. Uh, stumbled upon, uh, upon this discovery after an x-ray of her injured ankle was taken at a hospital in her hometown. The x-ray revealed that her bones had not developed past the age of adolescence. Doctors further probing uncovered the fact that Ping Ping, that's not, her, that's not the real name. Uh, they used it in this article to protect the identity. South, Ch South China Morning Post coming through again, by the way. Uh, when I was young, my mom took me to the doctor. Doctor said I was develop, just developing slower than others. Wow. What she did? After I grew up, I found this issue quite embarrassing, so I didn't treat it seriously. During a visit to an endocrinologist at the hospital, Ping Ping said, my husband and I have been trying to have a baby for a year, although it's been in vain. Uh, is that also related to my bone age? Test results indicated she had suffered high blood pressure, low blood potassium. So there were other some other issues as well involved. But once they did the genetic test, they were like, oh, uh, you know what? There's more to the story here. You were actually born a male. And now she's having difficulty figuring out how to live or which one to live as. Had lived an entire life to that point female, had a husband, and then found out at this point later in life, oh, actually... Uh, that's not actually that's not what you thought. Mm -hmm. You're you you are so confused right I'm now. You shocked. don't even you have no response to this. Imagine you go for a, uh, a regular doctor's appointment and they're like, actually, yeah, you had it wrong all along. You had it <laughs> wrong. You this my whole... ankle though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you had it wrong all that along. That is uh, very shocking. It's like, you... well, it, first of all. It's not really cool. Like a person should know this or sooner that's than, what I'm than saying. later. That's that's a lot of um, angst over this variety of issues. Like, wait, is something going on with me? And then it's like, oh yeah, by the way, it takes some other doctor to do some crazy probe to figure out mm -hmm. the situation. But I I'm guessing they probably tried to hide it to make things easier. They probably were thinking that that could cause stress at an early. Like I don't know what right. the I'm not saying. Definitely at some point you got to figure out without, yeah. because now you're talking about bone conditions and other hormonal situations, and, and, and that's worse. Not knowing in that case, I would say is worse, but certainly now is going to be some complexity in, figu a husband now. in figuring out how you want to go forward with it. Because the choice, I guess the choice is up to her or him or whatever it is that they choose to do at this point. Crazy stuff. Crazy. Yeah. You see, you never know what's going to show up on Lou later. Well, I can even shock you still oh, these days. All right. Last one. We got a little, uh, you know, I'm interested in the history of human beings, life on planet Earth, things like this. Now, there's been a lot of talk in the past about what it, what exactly was it that caused humans to be humans and particularly our, our uh, strangely huge brains. Like there was a period of time relatively from an evolutionary perspective, a, a, a short period of time where the human brain grew quite large mm -hmm. and way larger than the primate ancestors and things like this. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wait, what happened in that period? Like what kind of magic? 
And so you'll find people on YouTube who tell you it was, you know, somebody got touched by an alien. <laughs> you you you'll find people on YouTube that say uh, somebody was eating something special. Yeah, you, I heard I, it was like protein. Okay, you'll find protein. You people say cooking wire. cooking food. Like yeah. it's all these different things. Anyway, there's a new study here, and of course it's controversial. Anything around this is going to be controversial. But this is the hypothesis. The hypothesis from scientists at Tel Aviv University suggest that as large animals vanished from the landscape, the large herbivores that humans would have had a relatively easy time getting nutrition from, hmm. right? I mean, you see this picture right here. It's a huge buffalo. And you got four or five people with spears. And then if they bring the animal down, you're feeding a whole community. Mm-hmm. So... D- d- this group over here, the amount of uh, mental energy that would have to go in, the the amount of craftiness is not all that much. Big hulking animal, stab, don't get hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what it is. You don't, there's no trapping. There's no, so anyway, what I'm trying to get to is as these animals started to exit the landscape, at least at the volume that they originally were, the humans had now figured out how to hunt them that humans had to transition to the smaller game. Mm. And the smaller game required way craftier techniques to, to, to win out and way more hunting in general, mm. right? For the whole community. Because you think about it, you've got to catch a rabbit or a small deer or something. It's not the same proceeds for everybody. Yeah. So everybody's got to figure it out. And the reason part of their, and again, controversial hypothesis, whatever, take it for what it is. But actually, the brain afterwards slightly shrank after farming began. So listen to this, okay? Big game hunting brain, 40 cubic inches. Two million years ago, this is the hypothesis, two million years ago, afterwards, it goes to 92 cubic inches. And that's right around the cusp of agriculture becoming the, the thing. It's like, this is too easy. And then the farming comes out and it goes down to 80 cubic inches. So it doesn't go all the way back down, but it goes, isn't that interesting stuff? Yeah. So oh. m- maybe your your brain would be more lit up if on the daily you couldn't just reach for the cereal box or you couldn't just uh, reach for the prepared meal or yep. go to the grocery store, walk down the aisle and be like, oh, that chicken looks nice. I'll take it. Yeah. We have to go out and hunt rabbits. I mean, it, right it would definitely keep you sharp. You'd be in an adrenaline state, starving all the time. Uh-huh. Uh, a, a rabbit between you and I, what are we doing here? Yeah. yeah. That ain't going to last us too long. We got to be in a crafty mindset. Anyway, it's just a hypothesis. Just a hypothesis. Because you do have all those other things occurring too. You do have the... Uh, oh, the other thing they were saying, if you, if, you got the, if you got the big game, the buffalo, the elephant, whatever you name it, you got the community... You are uh, uh, maybe not finishing the whole animal. You're maybe not as trying to suck all the nutrition. The carcass could sit there. Maybe the vultures come along, whatever it might be. When you got the small game, you need to eat all of it. Hmm. And so what do people end up doing? They end up eating different parts of the animal that they maybe were skipping before. Oh. Maybe now what they're doing, they're going to cook the bones till all the marrow, all the fat comes out, all the pro- mm. pro- protein. Maybe they're getting all these other elements of nutrition that were previously being skipped over because of the abundance of the large game. This is the hypothesis. That's 
what these researchers are working on. Obviously, there's plenty of other hypotheses out there, uh, but I thought this was interesting. Cool.